right, welcome to This Is Our Year, the Minnesota football show. So, we've got the Vikings going to visit the Lions in Detroit. Um, the Vikings are going to be two-and-a-half-point underdogs at the time of, of uh, recording this, which... Wow. Yeah, I don't know. Makes I mean, sense. It checks out. Does it, though? The Lions are... What's their record? Five and seven? And the Vikings' record is ten and two? Two-and-a-half-point underdogs? I mean... I, I would understand a little bit more if they were like one point favorites, but two and a half point underdogs. And you look at Kirk Cousins' stats against the Lions throughout his career. Now he's faced the Lions 10 times, one time with Washington, nine times with the Vikings. He has a record of eight and two against them. He lost his very first time playing them when he was with Washington. And then he lost one game last year. So he's eight and two against the Lions. Uh, he's statistically kind of shredded them. Um, he has 27, almost 2,800 passing yards in 10 games against them, 21 touchdowns to two interceptions in 10 games against these guys. Uh, passer rating of 116.6. And the most times he's ever been sacked by them is three times. And one of those times, was uh was in the game that they lost last year. The last time that we faced them, he was sacked once. Yeah. I mean, not not to say that it was necessarily a convincing win last time cuz you know, but it was a it was a come from behind win. Uh they certainly got it when they needed it. And uh I don't know. Do do you think that's wrong to have the Vikings as two and a half point underdogs? Why or why not? I mean, you know, I I, I mean, the Lions are at home, and they're on a hot streak. I just I, – I think the Lions seem a little bit more healthy than the Vikings, I think, is the, one of the bigger things that is accounting in this, is that they're a little bit more healthy than we are right now. Um, I think that definitely plays a huge factor. Austin, what do you think? You know, I, I – well, Carrie, great, great point you just brought up with, like, the health factor – um, and Mikey, how you said, uh, we've done pretty well in not letting them bring the pressure to Kirk Cousins, except for last year, of course, with that three sack game. Uh, the question is, who is going to be playing on it? Are we going to have who are we going to have on the offensive line right now? How well is it going to be? Uh, and also, we're looking at the offense is going to be different from beginning of the season when we first faced Detroit. They had uh, now one of our weapons, Hawkinson, on their team, the tight end that we acquired, and Amon Ra is back, and there's a lot of other factors. Uh, the Lions team is a team, I think, that can easily put up 40 points a game. They're the type of team I think the Minnesota Vikings do not like to play. It's almost, I feel like, anytime we're against the uh, Lions, it's game book out the window. You're playing a very chaotic game of football right now. It's almost like playing a game of Madden and I know we never like to bring up Madden when talking about football but I always feel like a Vikings game against the Lions game is one of those games because it's like literally you're just going for a touchdown every time and it's such a cutthroat style of game um but yeah I get that I do feel comfortable putting the Vikings below I don't like the two point, maybe a point because the first time we faced them, they played such a aggressive football that literally it took us till the very end of the game to win. So uh, it's a tough question. Um, 
Because I, I think the Detroit Lions are a team that should not be slept on anymore. I think they're a team that are really working really hard to become irrelevant in this league. And with how the league is shaping out, they could make a run, maybe not this year, I think, but next year. I think they could be a very lethal team. Well, here's the other scenario. Um, we're able to clinch if we win this time. We could have clinched last yep. week had the Lions lost to Jacksonville. But uh, they decided they were going to put up 40 on Jacksonville and take it right into next week. They were going to be in control of, uh, of their destiny as far as uh, the NFC North goes. They're the only other team in our division that could still possibly clinch the NFC North. But it would really – it would take us losing out and them pretty much winning out. If we yeah. win this game against them, uh, it's over. We've clinched. I did see. I did see a scenario in which the Vikings lose the rest of their games. We still get at least um, the third seed. Really? Yep. Or the fourth seed. We I guess still that's get a at least the fourth where, seed. Right, because at that point, uh, well, with that scenario, Detroit isn't winning out. Correct. So we could still lose out, and as long as Detroit doesn't win out, we're still looking at a home playoff game. Correct. Now, I mean, obviously that's not the thing that um, this team is hoping to strive for. Uh, We've got much better, higher aspirations than that. But uh, we're talking about the injury bug a little bit. Um, So it seemed like illness was really sweeping the locker room, and it seems like it's been sweeping a lot of the league. Uh, I've got some guys on my fantasy team who – turned up questionable today due to illness. So I don't like that. But more than that, there was uh, quite a few Vikings who were out on Wednesday due to illness, and that includes C.J. Ham, Daniil Hunter, safety Theo Jackson, Patrick Peterson, and Harrison Smith. Those guys were sick on Tuesday. I, I did see that uh, players were wearing masks in practice this week. They were? Correct. Okay. And a lot of a lot of times, I mean, I feel like, they don't have to say that it's COVID anymore. It very well could be, I think, for something that spreads the way that this has. I mean, and that's that's purely speculation. I don't need to speculate on it. But uh, as of Thursday when we recorded, C.J. Hamm and Daniil Hunter are the only two of that list that did not practice still. Uh, we still had Jonathan Bullard, who I believe got injured against the Jets. Uh, he's dealing with a bicep injury. He has not practiced all week. Um, we had, like I said, uh, Theo Jackson and Patrick Peterson were upgraded to full participants. Harrison Smith it was a limited participant. And Garrett Bradbury and Christian Derrissaw have been limited all week. I I do you so riddle me this. Do you guys play Darisaw this week? Uh I mean just based on the little that we know, I guess I don't. You know, just because you said there's still there's still the scenario like we I think we can still I think it's more important to save him, you know, for later on down the stretch. I don't think if there's still any question about his health don't push it. I mean, if, if, yeah. if they say he's ready and if he feels he's ready and the coaching staff and the medical personnel believe that he's ready to go, I guess why not? I'm not going to be one to say, no, he, he should wait. Because, again, I'm not a doctor. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. For the people at yeah. home who might have forgotten, Mikey is not a doctor. That is true. I have a theater degree, not a medical degree. 
It's close enough. But uh, no, I agree. I think uh, let's not rush anything. We have put ourselves in the position this year that if any player does come with injury that isn't season ending, that we are now well off enough that we can rest them and make sure they're going to be ready for playoffs. I think that's also going to be probably one of my main concerns if I was kind of running a team like this is just making sure everybody's healthy for when postseason is here. And that does seem to be uh, a huge priority for this Kevin O'Connell-led Vikings team that's been since day one. Uh, some good news as far as injury stuff. Cameron Dantzler and Ty Chandler have returned to practice this week. Doesn't seem like they're on the injury report at all. Um, some bad news, though. Uh, Caleb Evans and Ben Ellison go onto the IR. I think I think Ben Ellison just got off the IR, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't did know he even? Did he, but did he even play? <laughs> I mean, I, he played, but like he didn't catch a ball last week. So how did he get hurt again? I, I'm not even sure. I don't know if they just rushed him back too early, and or, or maybe it's a. I I, I have no idea. I, I don't. I, I don't know about Ben Ellison. He hasn't, you know, been a a huge contributor as far as catches or anything like that this year at all. So I don't think that one is going to be making too much of a difference. So, I mean, but the sad part is that Caleb Evans is on the IR, but Cameron Dantzler is back, but it doesn't really solve this same uh, issue that we've been dealing with as far as our cornerback death depth. We, we get one back and then we lose one. Uh, hopefully Cameron Dantzler is able to get right back on the horse and uh, play really well for us like he has been before he went out. Yeah, I because we sure could use the support right now. Yeah, 100%. Um, it looks like the Lions injury report is pretty extensive as well. Um, really? Tell me all yeah. about it, Mike. So they've had, they've had a few illnesses on there as well. Uh, Jeff Akuda hasn't practiced all week due to illness. Uh, he really locked down Justin Jefferson last time they faced off. Uh, wide receiver Khalif Raymond and uh, backup quarterback Nate Sudfeld. Uh, they were all illness. Then there's various injuries uh, along their offensive line and their cornerback room. Uh, DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams both ended up on the injury report as of today. They were full participants, but it is worth noting that there was a, there was reason to put them on the report. Frank Ragnow is a, he's dealing with a foot injury. They're starting center. He didn't practice Wednesday. He practiced in a limited capacity on Thursday. And uh, I mean, those are, those are a lot of the kind of major players. There. But no, it's a, it's a pretty extensive one there too so they are not super healthy as well interesting so my theory about them being healthy was maybe wrong right i mean deandre swift and jamal williams are both healthy well uh, no never mind okay i was gonna say i take that back that was not uh not deandre swift who is a dnp i was looking at the wrong name he was a full participant today so Uh their running backs are healthy i saw that jamal williams he leads the league in rushing touchdowns this year with 14. You know that he only Insane. had 13 rushing touchdowns in the six years of his career prior to this year? Insane. Yeah. They, well, they just – this is literally – oh, my goodness. They just love him there so much. He is like – I I've never seen, like, somebody – he has, like, this little cult-following fan base 
and it's amazing. I love it. It's just like all these like anime fans just love this dude. <laughs> and he is just riding this wave roller coaster, whatever you want to call it in the NFL. And it's like turned him success. Like he's become like such a like lethal running back. I believe this is his second year with the Lions. I think he joined the Lions yep. last year. After right. I don't know if he was released from the Packers, but he was with the Packers for a little while. And even when he was with the Packers, it seemed like he's just such a likable guy. Like he's so willing to interact with fans and stuff like that. And he's just yeah. a great presence to have in the locker room as well. So, I, I mean, I, I'm a I'm a Jamal Williams fan. I really enjoy him a lot. Um, it's interesting though that dynamic that they have there between those running backs. Jamal Williams has, I mean, by far been the more productive back this year. I mean, a lot of that has to do with injuries on DeAndre Swift. Do you think that Jamal Williams is somebody that they're going to want to keep around long term, or do you think they are going to be leaning toward putting more of their trust in Swift long term? Well, I think the NFL as a whole is moving towards sort of a two-back system. I mean, look at the Vikings, you know. Granted, I don't think we're going to end up extending Alexander Madison. I think we're going to let him walk at the end of the year. But, you know, that opens the door for guys like Ty Chandler, Kenny Wongu. I think this league, it's if you have two running backs graded above, let's see here. If you have one that's like a B, even just like a B-list running back, and then one that's at least like a C-list running back that's optimal because you know those are guys that you can run with you know it's it's pretty crazy how we've sort of seen at least when maybe i just didn't notice it when i was a kid but it just seemed like every team had like a star running back and like the vikings for instance when they had adrian peterson you hardly ever unless adrian was hurt you didn't really see toby gerhardt really go in a game it was adrian all the time so i think player safety goes into that quite a bit i think that's a huge tie-in but I don't know. I, I suspect that the Lions keep a guy like Jamal Williams around along with DeAndre Swift so that they can just have those options. Well, and it seems that, you know, even if they do want to make the pivot toward DeAndre Swift as more of their, you know, their number one back, which I think is what they've been trying to do for the last couple of years. I mean, they drafted him early and he's he's very talented. I, I think I think that having Jamal Williams there, like he he is one of those running backs that you can definitely rely on as we've shown he's leading the league in touchdowns so certainly i think that's true i think some of those other some other teams that have a similar kind of a two-headed monster there i look at the jets with Brees hall and michael carter and honestly i think that we got really lucky um as far as that goes i know it wasn't a pretty game last week Uh, mike white was still able to do all he could but i think that the outcome would have been a lot different had uh the jets had those two healthy starting running backs, especially Brees Hall. For sure. No, yeah, for sure. I mean, we get, I think there's been a couple times this year we've been lucky with uh, facing teams when certain like star players haven't been able to play. And uh, we've been able to capitalize on that very successfully this year. Well, that means we're frauds. I wouldn't say we're frauds. I mean, I'm just kidding. That's, that's just what, that's what the media is saying. That is the media. I get it. Yeah, media could say it, but I mean, we still beat Josh Allen, right? That's still... true, and it didn't. It didn't really look like he was really limited at all. I mean, Not it seems like the Bills have been on a little bit of a slump lately. I mean, I don't know. Are they? Are they back? I think they're probably. They're probably on their way yeah. back here now. Uh, sad news for them. I know Von Miller was just announced that he's out for the season. 
So that's a huge hit for that Bills defense. I going to make I, a deep playoff run. I always thought that that six-year contract they gave him was a little much. Like, geez, for, isn't he already? He's over 30, right? Yeah, over 30, injury-prone pro bowler. <laughs> In what scenario do, do you give a guy a six-year deal, even if he's an all-pro? Like, I just – that, that like, deal always a three-year deal seems appropriate, you know? Yes, that seems more than appropriate. The I was always sketched out by the deal that the Bills gave him, and I have no idea why they did that. You have a young, budding quarterback. Give a deal like that Give a deal like that to a guy like TJ Watt or Nick Bosa. You know, you don't give a deal like that to Von Miller. I, I hated that deal from the beginning. Right. I mean, the guy's probably a Hall of Famer, which I think that has a lot to do with it. And – you look at the intangibles that he brings to a team. I guess that that maybe justifies it too. But all of that being said, I, I think it's still not worth it. And again, he's old. I, who knows when he comes back? He might not have you know nearly the same amount of burst. Yeah. But again, it's one of those things. Uh, other news in the league, uh, I believe Odell Beckham has started to have some visits with a lot of teams, and. Uh, Odell the Cowboys was seeming like it was almost a done deal, but it, it almost seems like now that may be falling through. They wanted him to uh, do a workout, and I guess he was kind of not really down for that. Other teams weren't requesting that he did a workout, and I guess these workouts they're they're pretty they're pretty intense, pretty extreme. Um, I don't know. It seems like he was maybe well, taking a little bit of disrespect from the Cowboys. How do you have you heard anything about that? Yeah, the whispers I'm hearing is that he's not actually fully healed and that he's not good to go. Yeah, I've heard he might not even be ready to go at all this year. Yeah, that that's what I'm hearing as well. I, I think it's uh, – I don't know. I I heard one crazy report. I can't remember who tweeted it, but it was like something like the Rams back when they still had him, Um, it was something about like, even when they signed him, I, I got to find it. Stall. Stall, Mikey. Stall. Okay, okay. So we were talking a little bit about Von Miller. Good segue to uh, our own defender, our own free agent defender, uh, Zadarius Smith. I just saw that his 63 pressures are still more than anyone in the league uh, at the time of recording this. I saw that the next, next person who has uh, the next closest pressures is Nick Bosa, who has 62 so even though Zedarius hasn't been able to get sacks as of late, he's still able to affect the game through his pressures. And I remember uh, the defensive line coach, what was his name? Uh, Andre Patterson, right? Yep. He was our guy with the Zimmer era. He would, he would go on and on about how pressures are probably the most important stat uh, in defensive football, a lot more than sacks. Because sacks are just kind of a – they're just a result of pressures. But pressures are the thing that yeah. matters. So. Yeah, Pressures are what creates interceptions and turnovers and mess ups on the offensive side of the ball. So, exactly. Oh. So, I mean, despite him not having that many sacks, it's still good to see that uh, his pressure rate is as high as ever, and he's still leading the league in that. Yeah, good for his All right, here, Smith. Here it goes. Ready? <clears throat> All right, I'm ready, Kerry. How was that stalling? Was it good? Yeah, it was really good. This is per like a commercial. Dove, this is per Dove Kleeman. Okay. The situation with OBJ's knee is so bad that Rams people told at Albert Breer that they had his physical last year 
that had they had his physical last year in August, they wouldn't had even signed him. They thought he wouldn't be able to make it through the year without his knee exploding. They did eventually sign him in November. So I think the reason that the Rams ended up holding out on signing OBJ, at least what I'm gathering from this report, is that they didn't think he would make it through an entire year. So they waited. Wow. So it turns out his knee has maybe not been healthy for quite a while. Wow. No, that's uh, that's super interesting. Eye-opening, absolutely. Because, uh, I mean, I think a lot of stories around the NFL had this being just – I mean, it may have been one of the NFL's top stories. Just where is OBJ going to sign? And he's going to be an immediate game-changer when he does. And I, it's looking like that may not be true. In fact, it's looking more and more likely that it won't be true that he won't yeah. play at all this year. Um, yeah. I certainly, I certainly respect the grind though of him trying to get a contract, you know, trying to get paid this year, despite uh, not being able to play. I certainly uh, admire that just because of his name recognition, you know, he, I mean, and it still could happen. I was going to say it almost happened, but it still could. I think that's still something he could still be appealing to teams just because of the upside, you know, Knowing they would just have to know that they aren't going to get anything out of him this year. This is going to be more of a long-term investment. Whatever team yeah. signs and ends up making it to the Super Bowl and he tears his ACL again, it's like, well, thanks for the right. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna have a a great touchdown catch, or he's gonna run for have a sixty-five yard bomb, and he's gonna make an impact. And that's that's just what he's gonna do. He's gonna help you win the Super Bowl, but only in the Super Bowl. He won't help you get there, but he'll get a ring. Yeah, he yep. did. And then he kicked him to the curb. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. So, back to this uh, this Lions game. Do you think uh, – what do you think is the going to be the offensive game plan for this one? Do you think it's going to have to be more pass-heavy? Are we going to rely on the run? We talked about how last week we were thinking it may be more of a dink and dunk type of game. What do you see happening with this one? I think the Vikings are at the point in the year where, you know, it's it's that time where it's, hey, you know, not that we're going to get eliminated from the playoffs, but it's like, hey, you know, we're getting pretty late in the year. We need to start showing that we can actually be a playoff team. I think maybe not this week. But for sure, at some point soon, we're going to see a lot of shot, a lot more shots downfield. I think we're going to try and be a little bit more aggressive than we normally have been so far this season. I'm not saying it's going to pay off. I'm not saying it's going to go well. But I wouldn't be surprised at some point if we start taking a little bit more risks down and things like that. Just really trying to prove that we aren't joking around. And maybe that maybe that attitude will come to this game. That'd be pretty awesome. I, I kind of hope so. Um, I know that I don't know if you saw Jalen Rager uh, was going off. He was talking. Oh God! I I, I want to punch this guy in the face. I don't like it. I really don't like it. When asked yeah, I want to punch like, him in the face. Think, do you think he's gonna like? Do you guys think that the Vikings are gonna win? Jalen Rager, he guaranteed that the Vikings will win. Oh, I love uh, it. That to me just he sounds like. That just sounds like he's taunting the Lions and saying, hey, we're going to win. Lions are nothing, you know? And that seems like it's just the motivation that they might need. Um, If the Vikings do win, I mean, 
I guess is he Nostradamus at that point? Then you can't fault him for sure. <laughs> but yeah, uh, uh, I, I I don't like. No, it. I hate it. I I really absolutely hate it, and I I want to. That's funny. I, why would you even do that? What? Why would you think to do that? I I don't like it. And I tell you what, if he fumbles a punt return or drops a screen pass on a crucial third down, I want him to get cut the next day. Okay, oh my so gosh, this is from, uh, This is from Chris Thomason. He uh, this is on uh, TwinCities.com. Uh, asked about the possibility of Minnesota clinching its first division title since 2017 at Ford Field. Rager said. We're going to win. Asked if that was a guarantee, Rager said. Yes. Um, Rager then asked, why is he certain the Vikings, 10-2, and two, will defeat the Lions, 5-7, and seven, who have won four of their past five games? The last time the teams played, Minnesota came back from a 24-14 deficit in the fourth quarter to win 28-24. He says, I'm not going to say anything about their team. I'm not going to say anything about if we might win. I'm going into this game expecting us to win. We've earned the right. We've won before. I feel we have the team to do it. I have no doubts, and that's just really what it is. So here's what happened there. He wasn't really listening to the reporter question. All he heard was, do you guys think you're going to win? Or like, what? How are you feeling confident about getting a win? And he probably went, yeah. And then that's probably what he heard. So he dug himself a hole. So when they're like, you guarantee it? He panicked and went, uh, yeah, yeah I guarantee it. Because if you're asked that, if you're on a team and you're on a 10 and two team going up against a divisional rival, uh, with a chance to clinch the division, if the reporter asks, well, do you guarantee a win? What are you supposed to say? You can't have any doubt. I like, not a good situation. Not good on him. It's just, it's I bad vibes for him to say it. And it's not, the it's mature honestly, response is the mature response is just gonna say, "Well, you know, the, they, they, as they say, any given Sunday, you know, this league is about where we stand." And not really, you know, there are ways to answer the question without like answering it, answering right. it. And I think go, hey, going, we're gonna yeah, do our I best, guarantee. and I think we've got the tools to make it work. Yeah, you know, it you can never really tell what happens in this league. You know, some. Something might happen. Not saying he has to say that, but just like, you know, there are ways to say it without going, yeah, I guarantee it. I just don't what an like idiot. It. What a, what a <laughs> I mean, uh, that was a, it was a pretty cool catch last week, though. The 38-yard catch. And it was his only catch of the game. But uh, I saw that uh, Wes Phillips, the offensive coordinator for the Vikings, he had said that, you know, Jalen uh, – Jalen Rager is going to be getting a little bit more involved as you know, he's starting to learn this offense a little bit more. So Kerry, what you said about them taking a few more shots downfield, taking some risks. I think that may bode well with uh, Jalen Rager getting more involved and gosh, yeah, when I, just I said I want the Vikings, it. when I said I want the Vikings to take risks, I didn't mean Jalen Rager spouting his mouth. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> certainly, certainly not that that does feel risky. Um, I feel like. Do you think we're going to be getting a lot of uh, a lot of Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison in the running game in this one? I know that Detroit historically has been a pretty good team to run up against, and honestly, a pretty good team to have any offensive players up against. Yeah, I know. I, I, know. I, I think so. I think they're going to try to. I mean, not. I don't think it's going to be. But it's all. It also depends on the weather, of course. But I don't think it's going to be insanely a lot of running in this game. I think one of the main priorities for the Vikings should be making the most of each 
possession. I was looking earlier today at the stats, and last week I think Kirk Cousin went like 24 for 41. Uh, the la- this last time we faced the Lions earlier in the year. And if we can just maybe t- maximize a little bit more of those attempts, I don't think we'll have to rely on the run game so much. Um, so, yeah, I think that's going to be one big thing. And also last time we faced, it felt like Justin Jefferson really didn't get involved in crazy amount. I felt like it was a more of a communal, especially in the receiving game. But, yeah, he, he really did not get involved last time. I had him on my fantasy team. It was rough. It was a rough week. No, yeah, Jeff where we had, had re- lockdown. we had to rely on a lot of other options like Adam Thielen and K.J. Osborne. Um, so maybe, and also like what you said, Mikey, you brought up how they said that, hey, we're going to be putting maybe Jalen Rager in the offense a little bit more. Um, we might see that this game, and I think we're going to see a lot of different players being used in different ways than we've typically seen on the offense this year. Yeah. Uh, Wes, Wes Phillips was also talking about how when you see him out there and you see him start to develop and learn this offense, you can really tell that he is a first round pick, which I think that's really encouraging. I mean, based on the little that we saw from him when he was with Philadelphia, but I, I think it is good to see that he does have a lot of the talent and maybe that's just coach speak trying to hype up the players, but he didn't He's also got a, it. he also has a first round ego apparently. Yeah, apparently. But, uh, you're talking about Justin Jefferson. I think he is going to have to get more involved this time. Yep. Uh, I think, I mean, no doubt. I think especially if Akuda is going to be limited. I mean, that's not something to rely on, but that does actually, uh, that does lead to a, a great segue. Are you ready for this? Yes. How well do you remember last season? So scores 14, 14 Austin got the last point. So that means, uh, Carrie, this question is yours. Should you choose to accept it? Are you ready to hear the question, Carrie? Yeah, hit me with it. All right, here we go. How many passing yards did Justin Jefferson have last season? Passing yards. Passing total? Passing. Oh, my God. (sighs) You love to see him get out there and make a pass. You hold your breath a little bit. But this year, I think it's been pretty good. Is this going to be a trick question where it's like, um, it's actually zero? Well, how many passing yards did he have? I'm not going to tell you that. Because, yeah, Mikey's never really hit us with a trick question. Sure. Um, I'm going to pass to Austin. Okay, I know he took attempts, because, uh, but I don't think it was a lot. Uh, it's somewhere in the range, I think, of uh, – oh, I don't want to say it out loud. Okay, so passing yards – I'm going to say 24 passing yards. Okay, 24. Is that your final answer? Yeah, and it's on the whole season, right? Not in just like a specific game. Last season, yep. Yeah, I'm going to go 24. All right. Locked in? Locked and loaded. All right, Kerry, what do you got? (laughs) I mean, it's honestly, I, as far as whether it's over or under that, I honestly have no idea. I don't even know if I want to play the over-under game right now. Then don't. Uh, <laughs> um, good God. Oh, this is a tight one. You said 24. That's what no, I, I said 40. Said. I said, yeah, yeah, I did. I'm going <laughs> to trick a Mikey. Wait, so you said 24 yards. 
Yeah. So you think about the average flea flicker pass or like the, the you know, tossing the wide receiver throws the ball. Those typically go for first downs if they're successful. And I know that we did at least two of them last year, which means it's got to be more than – like I'm saying at least a first – I'm going to say 25. Final answer. Are you locked in? 25? Yeah. All right. Well, the correct answer is 35 passing. No! So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Had I need, if if it would have been my question to shoot first, I would have said 40. Just because you think like, okay, a couple first down plays, they usually go for about more. You know, you think you got the run after catch. I was going to go 35 or 40 about. Hmm. Oh, that's brutal. Yeah, I, I feel like, I'm not going to toot my own horn here, but I, I guess I will. I feel like I've been on a roll with some of these questions lately. Yeah, Mike, you're stuck with episodes. Are we tied now? Or right? um, No, you were tied now. Uh, Carrie is up 15-14. Oh, brutal. Yeah. yeah. So then, I thought you were going to ask about um, how many receiving yards did Jefferson have the last time or when we played them in, in Detroit last year. That's were what you I thought you were going to ask. I, I know it. Yeah, because they just posted it on – the NFL Instagram today is Jefferson going to have a similar game to what he did in Ford field last year where he, or maybe it wasn't last year. What did he have last year? What was the, what was the number? Well, I think he, he broke the rookie receiving yards um, in a game record in Detroit. Really? But I guess that wasn't last year. That would have been two years ago. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I'm really liking what they're doing with Jefferson. You know, I, I mentioned it. You know, you hold your breath just a little bit when uh, when they flip it to him there to make a pass. But this year, I feel like it's it's gone pretty well. I'll take a what, look and I'll see. What um, do you mean you hold your breath? You think the guy's going to throw a pick? I mean, I don't know. It, it could happen. I don't think he has thrown a pick. As far as that goes, but let me take a look here. Do something to stall. So, how, I wonder how many. I'm trying to do the math of how many. Um, how well do you remember last seasons we have left? So we've got what, like four weeks left in the regular season? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. What is it? It's week thirteen. No, it's week 14 now. We're approaching week 14, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. So five weeks left, which equates to, um, I guess, like close to 10 games left in the regular season. Then we make the playoffs. So we got about like probably 10, 15 games left of of how well do you remember last season? Austin, do you think you're going to ever get above me at any point or are you just going to try and keep tying me? No answer. And no response from Austin. He's scared. No okay, so I, I was able to find uh, Justin Jefferson's passing yards this season. He has two attempts, two completions, uh, 34 yards. He's averaging 17 yards a pass. Hey, that's yeah. pretty good. He's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, he's got 34 yards, which is uh, – one shy of his entire season last year. And uh, let's see. Let's see if I can find his 
last year's passing stats. Let's see. It was still two completions. He had four attempts. So he is averaging really, really close to 17 so on every Mike, single one of his a, passes. I've got a question for you. You you pull a lot of stats on this show. You know, you set up the questions. Um, you've got, you know, you're trying to make sure you've got all these correct stats for Austin and I to, to guess correctly. Where do you, for the listeners at home, where do you usually get your stats, Mikey? And well, it, maybe listeners have a, a stat like that that they're wanting to find out. You know, where, where can they go to get the most accurate and most user-friendly stats? Well, one that I really like and I, I've I found is to be really user-friendly, you can just enter pretty much any question in there. Um, StatMuse. It's a it's a really it, it's a really fun website to just kind of explore. So StatMuse is really good for that. Um, wait, wait a second. Wait a second. Are we are we doing an ad right now? What now? Are we doing an ad right now? It really sounds like ah, we're doing an ad right now. StatMuse. Anything you need uh, for all of your sports. Uh, no, but, no. Seriously, uh, I, are we doing I really an ad? enjoy StatMuse. Uh, Pro Football Reference is is one that is used a lot. Uh, Pro Football Focus as well. I would say mostly those three. Mostly those three are kind of my big ones. StatMuse is kind of my uh, my real quick type in a question. You can do uh, like that was where I found Kirk Cousins all time versus the Lions. You can put in something like that. You can put in uh, Justin Jefferson passing yards twenty twenty one. You can be real specific with it. So it's a really fun one to play around with. Interesting, huh? Yeah, I typically just I Google things and trust whatever comes up. No, that that's but fair too. It's nice to have a to have an actual website to be able to go to. Yeah, no, re- really fun. Uh, for talking about other other websites to use for reference, uh, I love this time of year because uh, I believe it's when week fourteen, no, week eleven rolls around is when the ESPN playoff machine comes up, and I really like playing with that one. It's a uh, I mean, it's still very entertaining this year, but I think last year it was especially entertaining trying to figure out all these different scenarios for the Vikings to sneak into the playoffs. Um, this year they're solidly in the playoffs, so now I'm just looking at the scenarios on how they can get that number one seed. So that's a really fun one too, the ESPN playoff machine. Man, we are just really cutting ads today. Hey, Austin, yeah. what, what do you find works best for, for when you're grooming? <laughs> Uh, you know, the, what, do you, what, what do you use to make sure that you're grooming yourself safely and not getting when, any razor cuts? Oh, my favorite is manscaping. When you have to trim the hedges and the ferns down below. <laughs> good, manscaping. Good BK, have it, have your, it way. your way. Oh. <laughs> I hate it. Okay. But... Uh, Let's sing it, Mikey. To, sing uh, the line. Sing the line. Sing the line. I'm not going to do it. Sing the line. I'm not going to do it. I know sing the line. <laughs> no. We're not going chicken, any further. Chicken. Chicken, 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 chicken. <laughs> there it is. Okay, here we go. So let's get into our uh, our game predictions. What's our score predictions for this one? Huh. Well, we normally do hot takes first because then those lead to a score prediction. But if you're wanting to do score predictions first, we, we can. Hey, you know, that's totally fair. I feel like, you know, whatever whatever leads into one. I'm all about, you know, whatever is going to inspire, uh, you know, just whatever's going to be 
flowing right one into the other. So whatever you got, if you've got a hot take, let's hear it. Um, on the hot take end of things, I think we're going to see we're gonna see a Justin Jefferson Lambo leap into um, the Detroit stands. You know, where you, there's compilations on YouTube of guys trying to do that, where they'll jump into the uh, home team's crowd, and then guys like the the like drunk, you know, guys in the first row, they like shove them down. I think that's going to happen to Jefferson because I think you know, similar Aaron Rodgers and Chicago. I feel like whenever Jefferson plays in Detroit, he plays really, really well. So I think he's going to try and jump into the crowd, and he's going to get pushed out. He's going to get a beer tossed in his head and he's going to get pushed out. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I can definitely see that happening. That definitely reminds me of 2020, uh, the game against uh, the Packers where Dalvin Cook had his four touchdown day and he did the Lambo leap when there was no fans. So he was able to sit up there. <laughs> but I mean, in a more serious note, I think this is a Jefferson three touchdown game. I'm calling hmm. it. Oh, I love Look it. it. I love it. I mean, I think I think you definitely can call on uh, a TJ Hawkinson anytime touchdown on this one. I think that's going to be a really safe bet. But that's not really a hot take. And I hope you're right on that because I think that would mean that Kirk's throwing at least four touchdowns. And that's something that could definitely happen for a guy who uh, has traditionally carved up the Lions defense. Um, for me, I think a hot take here is that it's going to be something like like has happened to us all season. I think there's going to be a, a key a key player on the Lions who is going to go down with injury, and that's just going to further the narrative that uh, the Vikings are frauds. And they're going to win, but it's going to be because somebody like Jared Goff has to step out, or Amon Ra, or somebody. You know, it's going to be a key injury. Uh, the Vikings may win convincingly, they may not, but it isn't going to matter because people are going to say, oh, well, they... It's the same old thing. You know, they can't do it without an injury or without luck going their way. Vikings fans and uh, the national media alike will not be satisfied with this win. What? That's the, yeah. that's the, you, you know, you bring up a good point, Mikey, real quick before Austin Hot Take. What will it – actually, no, this is a better conversation for after Hot Takes. Go ahead, Austin. My Hot Take is the Vikings will get six sacks in this game. Woo! Who, who's going to get the most of those six? Uh, ooh. Oh, Zadarius. He's brought the most pressure, and he's going to bring it in. He hasn't had um, some sacks in some time, so we're going to bring him in big. What has it been, three weeks now? Yep. Yeah, so he's going to have to bring the pressure. The pressure's building up. He's going he's gonna to have a big day. Big day, big day. I sure hope so. So that, now I want to bring up what you brought up, Mikey. What will it take for the national media to not consider Vikings frauds, quote unquote? Because that seems to be the word that gets tossed around with Vikings a lot on the internet right now is they're not legitimate, they're frauds. Well, you know, it it is interesting. I think that the closest that we've gotten, and I don't think that the media has necessarily gone back on this one, but it was that Bills game. I think it was one that nobody really gave us a chance. It was a huge deficit. And I think if we have a win like that against a really good team, uh, which I guess it won't happen this week, because I think despite the Vikings being two and a half point underdogs, I think most people still expect the Vikings to come through on this one, right? Am I wrong in thinking that? 
I, I think they would have to blow them out the way that the Cowboys blew out the Vikings or the way they just blew out the Colts, you know? I think they would have to blow them out of the water for that narrative to be shut down this week. I think no yeah, matter how is- else they win, it's not really going to do anything. But it's I agree. still I the think Lions. It's-, it's still the Lions. I, but- I think it'll take no, two but it's to not the. But it's not the Lions anymore. I mean, it really isn't. They're not even the worst team in the division this year. Not, not even, even the second, second worst. No, and the thing is, they are a team that terrifies teams. They're a team that it doesn't matter how you game plan against them. For some reason, with Jared Goff and this ragtag group of like people, even losing TJ Hawkinson, they can still produce on offense insanely. So if we could beat them by maybe 21 points, have like a three-score a three-score win this week, I think it would change a little bit of the narrative. But I think a lot of times why the narrative is that way is because we've had such close games, such three-point, six-point, eight-point games. But it's just uh, – it's, it's just we got to change how we've written the narrative. We've kind of put ourselves in that corner already because that's just the style that we play. Here's, here's something that I'm thinking about right now is that – and we did kind of – we had a very similar conversation last week. Uh, what, it, what would it take for the Vikings to convince you, whatever, that you're, they're going to win a Super Bowl, right? And I said something about they need sacks. They need sacks, and they need the defense to show up. I think if the Vikings can get two blowouts in a row, Detroit and then Indy, and – Let's say we get those two blowouts and then um, Philadelphia somehow loses a game in the next week or two. Then I think the Vikings could be considered number one in the power rankings. But that's only if Philly loses a game and the Vikings blow out their next two opponents. I think that's true. It's gonna, and it would have to be blowouts. You can't, you can't win by one. I don't think you can even win by two scores. I think you're, you're going to have to win by 21 or 17 plus points, you know? Yep. Or shut, or just shut them down now to let them get a touchdown. No, if you completely shut them out and you keep it, you know, if you're at like a 16 to nothing, if that's the end of the game, I don't know if that really is going to change the narrative. I think it's going to be really impressive for the fans, but I think for the national media, that might not change the narrative. I don't know though. And of course, the Vikings would score all sixteen of those in the first half, and then, and then that would be the final score. Right, and then they go to sleep for the rest of the game. That would be so typical. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's true. So now, now that we've gotten our, our hot takes out of the way, do you guys have score predictions for this game? I do. I think it's going to be. I do think it's going to be another fairly high-scoring game. Um, I'm going to go Detroit 33, Vikings 36. Ooh, down to the wire. Now, once again. Well, it's just how it is. Do you, do you think they come from behind to win this one, or do you think they, they establish a lead early and just kind of let it drift away? I think we'll have to come from behind again. I think Detroit's going to come out pretty good. Um, they'll have home field advantage. I also want to check on the weather. I didn't get a chance to look at what they well, think. Well, it's an indoor, it's indoor like. stadium. <laughs> Never mind. I always forget. No, Detroit really. seems like it, it would have outdoor stadium. It energy. does. It does. But, uh, yeah, no, it depends. I think Detroit might have a little bit of it. But at the same time, Detroit is really not that far away from Minnesota. So, depending, another thing that could shift the game is how many people from Minnesota are going to go to Detroit. It's happened before. 
we've yeah, that's kind does of travel well. And Detroit's one of those stadiums where, I mean, this year's a little bit different because uh, they're playing better than what they've usually played at. So I don't know. Maybe we can get a good amount of Vikings fans out there to really kind of get the boys up and going. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that, you know, the Lions are playing a lot better, but the Vikings are also playing a lot better than they have been. So, like, both of these teams have the momentum as far as having the fans on their side. Sure, the Detroit Lions still have a losing record, but five and seven is a lot more promising than, what, three and eight? Two and nine? No, for sure. Here's what I got. I think just because the Vikings are the Vikings – um and Detroit is Detroit. These things are true. I, I I'm thinking. Uh, let's go. Um, we're gonna get a weird one. Eighteen fifteen Minnesota. <laughs> oh, I don't wow. like it. I don't like it. I don't either. <laughs> oh, but no. it's gonna be low scoring as all hell, and um, it's gonna be a pitiful, boring game to watch. Vikings are going to take the lead early. They're going to let up 10 points in the third quarter, and then they're going to kick only a field goal in the fourth quarter to ah. cement the win. JJ's going to get a, a touchdown called back or something like that. Yep, JJ's going to dominate. He's going to go for 250 yards and zero touchdowns. Oh, no. That's actually my, like, flaming, flaming hot take. Right. I mean, I, I, I do like these hot takes because in the end, they don't really mean anything. They're just something to make you think. Yeah, it's like the, the yeah. 40-yard touchdown gritty. Exactly. I, I really want it to happen. Speaking of gritty, that just reminded me. I don't think we've ever talked about it on the show, but uh, Kevin O'Connell said that if the Vikings do make that NFC championship, he will do the gritty. I think we did talk about it. Oh, that would be glorious. But either way. So, uh, is it yeah. just me or did – I mean, the the whole, like, kid dressed like Kirk Cousins. I didn't really think it was that funny or that cute. I, am I an asshole for that? Uh, yes. I think it's amazing. Um, yeah, I, I think you're in the wrong on this one, but I'm sorry. I, I love it. I mean, I don't know. I think people like the kid. He seems like he's fine. I wouldn't really say that he's, you know, got that great of a personality from what I've yeah, seen. Yeah, no, he's super quiet. He's just kind of like, I like the Vikings. And it's like, yeah, that's so that's, that's literally I, Kirk's cousins in a nutshell, though. But as much as, okay, like, if we're if we're doing, like, a, a death battle between kids for the teams, I think uh, if we have little Kirko as our guy, and the Jets have that one kid who goes out for ice cream every time the Jets win... I so honestly like, like that. You're gonna need to. You're gonna need because even I didn't know about this until I saw it referenced like a couple days ago. What What's the background on this one? What that kid? Yeah, yeah. So it, this was at the very beginning of the year. He was in a. He, that kid was interviewing Sauce Gardner, and uh, the kid was how like, did "Just some random kid get to interview Sauce Gardner." I'm not sure how it happened, but regardless, the kid was like. So my dad takes me out to ice cream every time the Jets win. How many times do you think he's going to take me out to ice cream this year? And Sauce was like, yeah, I think, I think he's going to take you out a lot. And it seemed wow. it was just kind of a meme at the beginning of the year because nobody thought the Jets were going to get more than four or five wins. But, uh, no, that kid's going out for ice cream. Wow. Uh, but, yeah, if it was a death battle, I guess I would say ice cream kid because at least he sounds funny. 
Right, exactly. He's got a little, he says stuff. No, uh, I, I guess, you know, I don't mean to disrespect and just lay on Lincoln like this, but, uh, I, you know, you know, wait, I'll lay on Lincoln wait, a little bit. Know his name? How do you, which, who is Lincoln? Is Lincoln the ice Lincoln king? is the Vikings kid. They mentioned it at the game. They said it, it was actually his birthday. That's hilarious. Yeah, on Lincoln's birthday. Day, it's his birthday. Could he at least maybe look a little bit more excited to be there? It seems right. like when he's doing the dance, he's like, his parents are forcing him to do it. Or it's like, you're not going to get your allowance unless you stand up with these chains. The kid's probably cold. He's like, Mom, I want to put my shirt back on. She's like, no, we need to get on TV. No, get us to another Vikings game. Yeah, we're going to have dinner it. with the it's... Cousins family. Keep it up. Yeah. Tim. Yeah, I, I don't, I'm not a fan of little Kirko. <laughs> well, it was his birthday. It was his birthday, but it was also my dad's birthday. And I don't know. I just felt like my dad had it first. So like, yeah. And like, you know, I can say, you know, small sentences. I like Vikings and take my shirt off. Will they invite me to the game? Maybe. Uh, if, if you're cute enough, I guess. Okay, you're on a roll today. I, yeah. I, I'm a little heated up. I'm sorry. Oh, geez. Uh, I, I haven't given my uh, prediction yet, I don't think. so. Uh, yeah, what do you got, Mike? For this one, I, I think this one, I'm going to go with what we were talking about, how this one might have to be that blowout that we're looking for. So it's not going to be quite as convincing as a lot of these other blowouts that we've seen around the league. But I think we win by 17 points. It's going to be Vikings 40, Lions 23. Still a pretty high-scoring game either way, but the Lions just won't be able to get it done. Huh. Yeah. They're going to break 40. I'm really feeling it. I think this is a this is a game where they're really going to go off, uh, show those betters that they're wrong to bet on the Lions in this one. And then the, the Lions will be underdogs for the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah, no, they're going to they're gonna prove Jalen Rager right. Oh, God, I forgot about that. Well, that's Jalen Rager, you know, Jalen Rager, and Will Kirko. Those guys are on my list. <laughs> Cast them into the sun. <laughs> Literally, nuke them off the planet. Get them out of here. If it doesn't go well, uh, I didn't even look. Where's this game being broadcasted? Let's see. I bet I think it's on Fox. Yeah, yeah I'd, we, I'd... Have, we have my least favorite Fox commentator, Jonathan Vilma. Oh, really? Fox. You really, like he's your league. Yes, because it, oh, he always relates it back to when he played. Man, when I was in the league, I remember blah blah blah, and it's just like you were like a you. I think he barely had a Pro Bowl in his whole career. Uh, you know what? Carrie, Jonathan, Carrie, number three. Here, you're the troublesome threesome. <laughs> you're just hating everybody today. No, it's right? just I, not not. A, I don't hate a lot of people, but I you don't hate like Tony Romo. Oh, I hate Tony Romo, but Tony. I feel like that's not a hot take. Okay, which no, I think one is a lot Troy? of people don't like him. You, you either love him or you hate him with Tony. Which one is he on? CBS with Jim Nance. CBS. Okay. Okay. I like Tony's my Tony Romo's my favorite. Yeah, I know you said that, and I it made me want to kind of, you know, cut you out of my life a little bit. But, Terry, um, so who's your, on your list? Yeah, there's what? a list today. You have been like saying you hate a lot of people today. No, it's it's just you know. I don't hate a lot of people, but when all of the people that I carry are pretty negative, it's the it's the fact that all of them have been brought up within the last like fifteen within this episode. It's like the people that I have personal vendettas against, all of them have been brought up in this episode. So, so, so right now your going list with the the troublesome threesome 
is Jonathan Vilma, Jalen Rager, and Lil Kirko. Yep. If, if Jonathan <laughs> Vilma somehow doesn't make me want to punch my TV, and if Jalen Rager returns a punt for a touchdown, and if I don't have to see Lil Kirko on Twitter for the rest of the year, all will be well in the world. Well, you might be able to get maybe two. I don't think – and I think that's a lot to ask. <laughs> maybe two of those things. I don't think yeah. three. You might not but get any of them. If the Vikings win, I think it's going to be all right, right? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Though I know last time uh, Vikings faced the Lions, I think we all predicted a Vikings loss. But that must have been right after the Philadelphia game, right? I believe so. Or maybe it was week yeah. four, so maybe there was one week in between and it just wasn't a very convincing win after that. So we were all down in the dumps. Right. It was feeling like it was going to be just another another one of those years. But you know what? This is our year. That's the name of the show. It is. All right. Do you guys have any other closing thoughts on this one before uh, before we end this show? No, I do not. I, I don't think so. Yeah, just uh, everybody stay off my list and Vikings win and you won't hear a negative thought out of me. Cool. Sounds like we've covered it all. Uh, just hope the Vikings can, you know, get get extra healthy, get that illness out of the locker room. And uh, let's beat these Lions. Let's go clinch, huh? Yeah. Yeah, Let's do it. Let's. All right. Well, in the meantime, uh, we will see you after the Lions game, hopefully after a win. We'll talk to you then. We'll talk to you. See you. See you later, everybody. Welcome to the after show. The after show. The after show. The after show. It comes show. after the show. The show. You know, I've heard a lot of people say that the after show might be their favorite part of the show. Really? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just we let loose a little bit more or if it's the fact that we don't talk about football quite as much. Well, I think maybe. I, I think I maybe. cursed for the first time during the actual show. I, I have not cursed on the actual show before, I, I don't think. And I, I think yeah, I said asshole. Or maybe, did that. maybe a, maybe a what did, the hell or something like that. I don't know. You did swear today. I noticed that. Wow. I've turned. It, that's what happens when you bring up little Kirko, Jonathan Vilma, and Jalen Rager spouse's mouth. What'd you do? Did you say shit list or what? Whoa. No, I said, I said, I, I said does hating little Kirko make me an asshole? Oh, Whoa. Right, right, right. Okay, okay. Yeah, I I I can see that. Well,
I, I promise I'm a decently nice guy in real life. It's just, yeah, I hate when I, yeah, I, I already explained myself. Carrie, anybody yeah. who knows you knows that that is a hundred percent true. That that is my personality. No, that you are like a decent, a decent human being, you know, you're a good guy. Well, yeah. Decent. I don't want to say I'm incredible, but I'm, I'm, I'm a decent human. It's just, yeah, I think that might be a little bit, maybe a little bit cocky, self-centered, you know? So I wouldn't go that far, but oh, no, you're a good okay. guy. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You're good. You're a good lad. Yeah. You're a good man. Carry on the good lad. Ha. Yeah. Um, Carrie, you said, you said a lot of things about people you hate today. Who who's like somebody you actually love? Like besides your mom or dad or something? Like who's like like a person like you're like, oh thank God you existed, you make life awesome. And besides me, like they, like they could never do any wrong. Yeah, uh, I yeah, guess somebody that you love unconditionally. You don't somebody you probably don't know. Somebody you love unconditionally and would be very sad if you lost. Um I'll say <laughs> the first thought that came to mind was um actually kurt menifee because without him the fox pregame show would be a disaster it seems like he's the only guy who can rein everybody in okay uh, i'm glad to I hear love that kurt menifee unconditionally so i'll have to think of something else um wait does have to be somebody uh, unconditional like going more towards like uh Oh, I love this musician or something, something a little more positive. But just somebody, somebody you like. It doesn't have to, you know, like if you found out like terrible stuff about them, that might change your mind. It doesn't have to be unconditional. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if this is a hot take, but um, I really, really like John Mulaney. He always makes me laugh. Always, he always <laughs> makes me laugh. Yeah, he's great. He's he's very funny. You know, um, there's. With the whole divorce and everything, there are people who probably wanted to kind of get him canceled and he should go to rehab. But it seems like he's turned himself around. He's got a little kid. And I don't know. I, I just really like John Mulaney. He's a good guy. And he's super funny, too. Uh, I don't know if you watch any of uh, Big Mouth, but he's really good yes. on that, as well as yes. his stand-ups. He's just real funny guy. Real funny guy. I agree with you there. Um you know, somebody who I think is from our generation who, you know, it, he's going to be one of the all-time greats from our generation. Bo Burnham. That dude I, doesn't get enough love. I haven't seen any of this. Really? You really have Oh, they're so, they're so funny. Inside definitely stands above all of them. You know, I, I was hesitant to watch it when it came out just because everybody's like, oh, you got to see Inside. It's so good. It made me cry. I'm like, well, why would I watch that? But it really is so good. And like the songs live in my head rent free, 100%. And it's only like an hour long. Maybe it might be a little longer, maybe like an hour and a half, hour 15, something like that. But oh, it's, I think it's on it's Netflix. A, it's so good. It's a masterpiece. Like it might be one of the best things that came out of pandem- pandemic times. Right. As far as art goes, 100%. Wait, you you mean you mean to tell me Tiger King isn't the best thing that came out of 2020? What? Oof. I will say inside to me inside beats out Tiger King. Tiger King was nuts. Lava. We got Flora's Lava and Tiger King within like the same month. That was a wild time to be alive. That would have been a show I'd love to go on, The Flora's Lava. We talked yeah. about it. Yeah. 
It's okay, a, oh, what I would have loved. Should we should we get an application in or what? Is that show even still on? Are they making more seasons? Um, yeah, they. I thought it was gonna be dead for a while, and then seasons two and three came out within like a year of each other. It felt like like it was really quick after not seeing anything for like almost two years. It was like boom, here's seasons two and then season three. But like, could you? It's teams of three, so we'd just be like, yeah, we we host a podcast. Podcast gets clout. We get to be on Netflix. That's true. Um, we I'm got our gimmick. Gonna... We can do it. I'm trying to think of a con here. Maybe one maybe of injury. One oh, of us yeah. lava. Life life threatening injury. Right. Severe burns. But you um, know, the people on that show, they don't do it fast or do it right. They always do like one at a time. Like I swear they only have well, one camera. So stupid. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and there's, I feel like we kind of have to be idiots in order to I feel like we're too smart to go on that show. Well, I guess we could pretend. We could like pretend like we're gonna be idiots and then when we do it. Like we just like show Here, them we'll up just, and we'll, show them how, we'll, how good we'll actually we are. lie and say that we do a Packers podcast. That'll do it. There we <laughs> go. And then when we get on and the cameras start rolling, then we'll then we'll change change the narrative. But yeah, I I think we need to get on there. I think the only thing that could negatively come of it is either a one of us gets really hurt or we lose and we wasted like a ton of money flying to wherever they film it. You know. <laughs> But they might even pay for you to get out there. I'm sure they don't. <laughs> I, they don't. It's a reality show. They don't pay for any of that. But uh, yeah, no, that would that would be a ton of fun. I just want to be. I want to go first because they don't reset the they don't reset the obstacle course. Like if if somebody gets all wet and they make the couch and the cushions and stuff like all wet and slippery, they don't reset it. They don't give you new dry ones. You got to go first. Mm-hmm. It's such really? Did they not first. reset it? Well, they didn't in season one, and that's all I watched. Huh. But yeah, I feel Ooh. like the people that go on that show, none of them are smart. Well, they're so bad. But then it also could be one of those things, like, I call it, like, um, it's like the couch syndrome. People always get it when they watch the Olympics. It's like, well, I, I wouldn't have made that mistake. <laughs> right? Oh, I, I could have done that. that. Or when they watch football. You know, we talk about, yeah. oh, uh, Give me a jersey. I'll go out there and I'll play O line. You know? yeah. <laughs> I feel like it could be one of those things where we get out there, we kind of go, "Oh shit," you know? Right. It might go really terribly. We might be some of the worst ones to ever go on the show. Who knows? And then, yeah, and then we just I'm you know, feeling that we won't, and I think we'll do really well. We see people in little falls at like functions, and we'll just be those guys. We won't even be, even be the guys from high school or the guys that do the podcast. We'll be the guys who sucked at Flora's Lava. Do we really oh. want to have that identity? <laughs> I mean, I think I'm willing to take the risk. I think it's a very low percentage that we actually go on and we do bad. I think if we make it on, we're going to do really well. Hopefully. I, really I, think... I don't know. If we if we get accepted, I want – like, we're going to have to kind of, like, train. And I am not letting w- any of you slack during the training. We're going to get really jacked. Yeah. Yeah, no, work, work those legs, the... work the arms. Yeah, no, we're we're treat like cardio and free weights. Yeah, I mean, we would have to get really jacked in order to do it. Because, you know, you see the, like, I'm picturing, like, like a punching bag, but it's, like, hanging from the ceiling, one of those things, where people jump onto it and they try and, like, wrap around it, you know what I'm talking about? And they can like we, have to, we have to establish, like, certain strengths that we have. I always used to say that I'm really good at the monkey bars. I don't think I'm quite as good at the monkey bars as I once was. <laughs> But I think it's something that I could get back into. 
I hated the monkey bars growing up. I always hated them. That's probably one of the funnier out of context things I've ever heard anybody say on this show. I just, you know, I've I'm, really fallen off when it comes to monkey bars, but I feel like I could get back into it. There's been some serious regression through the years. You know, I used to be able to, I, I don't know, just pull myself up like that, but I just, I just can't. Well, I mean, you are the pull-up king. It makes sense. I am. No, legend has it. I've done, you know, hundreds or even hundreds of thousands of pull-ups at a, in a single session. It depends on who you ask. It really depends on who you ask and how many times you ask them. But uh, that's for another time. But anyway, I really do think that that's a good idea. Yeah. Austin, what would your strength be in this show? What kind of show is this again? The the floor is lava. It's a big obstacle course. Oh. The floor is lava. I, I always think of, like, the space episode. I think I'd do really good on, like, swinging planets Ooh. and like hop it that would be my thing that's cool i would do anything that involves the air okay so you're the air guy mikey's kind of the climber um i don't want to say i'm the jumper then because i have these tiny legs uh, okay I'll, I'll be the jumper i got tree trunk legs okay you got it man i'll be the frog <laughs> i don't know i feel like i would be good at keeping my weight so I've always said this, if falling, if you're, especially as a Minnesotan, you kind of get this skill. It's like bred into you. But I feel like if almost falling on the ice, but catching yourself was a Madden rating, I would be a 99. Really? Because I pretty much never fall on the ice, but I do constantly slip where it's like my back is parallel to the ground, but somehow I always catch myself. Good for Usually you. I'll like pull a muscle doing it. But I never it's hit a great the skill to have living around here. Yes. So I think that would be my thing is the balance. Anything that requires balance, I, I will because I'm I don't have I'm not top heavy, you know. So I'm, well, I'm here's something I was thinking about. I think I think if if Austin and I if we like really hit like the weight room, I think we could get to we a point where you. we could probably throw you across. <laughs> if it's one of those things where you have to like hit a lever or like knock over a ladder or something or like hit a bridge <laughs> that we can cross. That's that's gotta be our our strategy here. I, I think we are definitely gonna have to watch film. Like we're gonna have to binge the whole series. We're gonna have to take notes. You know, it's like the it's like the thing that O'Connell and Cousins do, like the situational awareness. Or whatever. Yeah, no, we're gonna have to figure out every possible thing that we can expect, and uh, maybe even make some of our own courses for the things that we don't expect. Yeah, get real creative with this thing. That, yeah, we're gonna take this on. I it's like gonna it. be great. I don't know how we got to the floor. Floor as well. All right, no, we're talking about twenty twenty stuff. Austin, who's somebody? Who's who's somebody that you love? That I love. Yeah. Oh, let's think about this one. you know who I love. I think I've said this on the show before. I love John Cena. He's great. He's an American hero. He is an American hero. Like, oh my goodness. I, I love John Cena. The guy. I feel if like it ever turns not have to be like into wrestling. I think before I was ever into wrestling, I still had an immense amount of respect for John Cena because he's just done so much, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, for sure. He's the champ. He does it all. He's he's super funny too. And you know, it's just like 
Everybody knows his name. Everybody knows his song. He's an icon. What's not to love? I mean, I'm sure there are people who don't know the song. Yeah. Angel, do you know the John Cena song? Yes. Like the, the say it. No. Oh, so she she doesn't want to admit it, but she doesn't. <laughs> Angela, have you been here the whole time? Uh, no, not the whole time. She walked in like probably two thirds the way through. You got it. Of course I know it. Of course I know it. Okay, she she's got it. I believe her. Welcome, Angela. Yes. Yes. She's yeah. So that's cool. That's good. Good to know that there's somebody that we all love, despite Carrie's massive list of people who he has vendettas against. I mean, uh, what can I say? Yeah. I mean, I mean, for, for all the hate that you spread, you got to spread some love too. And that's why Good we're inspiration, here. Mike. Exactly. That's why we're here. Thank it. you so much. Uh, and, and I love you guys. I appreciate you guys being here uh, every single week. It's awesome. Twice yeah. a week. Yeah, twice a week. Every single week. Twice a week. It's just what we do. For you. Here at Manscaped. <laughs> well, you know, I, I suppose that just leaves... With one thing left to say. Skull. Skull. Uh, skull?